Are you dealing with tiredness? Do you feel like sleep just isn't enough and your snooze button is what you reach out for first thing in the morning, hoping to steal a few extra minutes? Or do you need to push yourself to start doing chores and by the end of it all you want to do is sit down? You come back from work and your best comfort is the sofa which awaits you. Maybe you have a weight issue and you think that tiredness is because you are overweight and well-meaning doctors or friends may be nudging you to exercise. Maybe you aren't overweight and yet the sense of tiredness and brain fog hovers around you. You need two cups of coffee or tea to get you going. So you listen to people and start exercising and while you're at it, you actually feel all pumped up. But the energy runs down very fast. It may not just be tiredness, but you feel like there's a lack of strength in your back and legs. Maybe there's pain too. If this is what you or a loved one is going through, then stay tuned as I try to talk you through what's going on in your body and help you kickstart your journey to wellness. Hey friend, I'm Dr. Nirmala, a general physician, and I'm someone who's had a lifelong struggle with obesity and metabolic syndrome. In my late 30s, I went from being pre-diabetic to diabetic. Tiredness, inflammation, high cholesterol, all this was part of what I was battling. I've spent a large part of my adult life searching for that magic pill or herbal remedy to cure my problems. Until finally, I realized that the solution was right in front of my nose all the time. Food. What led to this realization? It's when I was doing a certification course that I read one line in the textbook about insulin resistance. And that stuck in my head. I kept searching for information and there was really nothing at that point of time. It took another three years before I started getting more scientific information and then I had to convince myself to start. Years of learning, eat this, not that, that had to be unlearned. I needed to have the guts to look at food differently and dive right in. So that's what I did and I haven't looked back since. This was 2019 May. Three years later, I'm 31 kgs less and still trying to lose more, but I'm free from diabetes and high cholesterol. There's no pain or inflammation. That's where I am at now. I decided that I need to get the word out there that dealing with hormone-related issues and health issues because of hormonal imbalances, this is possible and I needed to tell people how to do it. However, I didn't just want to do this based on my own experience. So at the age of 46, I went back to studying and now I'm certified by the American Nutrition Association. Now before we get into the discussion for today, here's the disclaimer. This podcast is not a substitute for medical consultation. All that I'm doing here is sharing my own experiences and giving you pointers to help you look into various health related issues. If you do want to address health issues that you have, then you need to consult with a professional for guidance. So what do you mean by eating right and what does that do for us? Let's listen to what Dr. Seema Sundaran, a dental surgeon from Otapalam in Kerala has to say. Hello Nimmi, good morning. Uh, 
Okay, I just wanted to tell you that, you know, with just one week of making changes with my nutrition, I feel much better. I haven't been feeling tired. Like, for example, I had such a full day of work and um, I came back late and I still feel like I can run a marathon. She's a good friend and actually she's blessed with good health. No diabetes, no cholesterol, no pain, no weight gain. She's the same age as me, but she's very disciplined about her workout and yet she called me and complained that she was feeling drained like she had no energy. And it didn't make sense considering how active she is and she's quite careful not to overindulge in food. Chocolate is her kryptonite. I think we spent a lot of time drooling over Ferrero Rocher and Lindor dark chocolate. When Seema got in touch with me, we first worked on understanding the way she was used to eating and how she actually planned her meals. And with that as a base, we worked together to make the necessary changes that would help to boost her metabolism. So you see that magic portion that I was searching for to boost my metabolism, deal with health issues, deal with diabetes, inflammation and obesity. It's actually what most of us truly enjoy and look forward to. It's our food. The question is, how do we make food work for us and not against us? I think by now I've shouted it out from the rooftops. Stop eating inflammatory foods. Stop eating sugar. Stop eating refined starch. Stop food with too much preservatives. To quote Bugs Bunny, Ah, what's up doc? We live in 2022, so tell us what to eat. <laughs> Have you seen any of the Nat Geo programs where they follow people who live in the wilderness? Do they look tired and bloated? I'm not suggesting that we now go and live in the forest, okay? But what do these people eat? They eat meat and foraged vegetables and fruits, some tubers that they dig out of the ground, fish from the river, right? Which means that they eat a good amount of protein and natural carbohydrates and then the vitamins and minerals that come along with it. We don't see them walking into a cafe or bistro and eating puff pastry or chomping away on biscuits from a packet. They don't seem to need vitamin supplements daily. So, even if you don't listen to another word that I say, listen to this. This is the secret. Eat whole foods that have protein, natural carbs, and fiber and do this at least 90% of the time. <laughs> I agree we live in 2022. We can't be totally cut off from popular foods. But we don't need to make them our regular food choices either. Now let's break this information down further. What are the nutrients that our body depends upon? They are proteins carbohydrates and fats. These are called the macronutrients. We need them in larger amounts, hence macro. Then we have the micronutrients which we need in nanograms and milligrams. These are vitamins, minerals, electrolytes. The macros are the building blocks of the body. Every organ, muscle, tissue, the brain, nerves, the bones, blood, 
Everything requires proteins, carbs and fats in order to remain intact and function properly. If the balance here isn't maintained, then these structures start showing signs of breakdown or degeneration. When I sit with a client and assess their meal pattern, what I see especially amongst those of us from India is that we tend to eat a lot of starchy carbohydrates. That means rice, chapatis, puri, upma, bread. I'm not saying that you shouldn't eat these foods. But the quantity and timing of when we have these foods do matter. And of course, if you're dealing with diabetes or morbid obesity, then for a little while, you may need to actually stay away from highly starchy foods until your body heals. That's a discussion, of course, for another time. We've been talking about how macronutrients are the building blocks of our body. Now, we've all been taught that starchy carbs should be around 45 to 60% of our diet. And according to the standard American diet, which is what most of us go by today, we have been conditioned to eat about 300 grams of carbs in a day. What does 300 grams of carbs look like? So when we say this many grams of carbs, what it means is the glucose content in the food plus the fiber content. For 300 grams of carbs in a day, this is what we would eat. I'm talking about regular home cooked food here. So through the whole day, for 300 grams of carbs, the person would have to consume two idlis plus sambar, one cup of coffee with milk and sugar. Lunch could be two chapatis, one cup rice, one cup dal, a cup of sabzi. Snacks could be a glass of orange juice or a cup of coffee again with milk and sugar, a few biscuits on the side. And then dinner, two chapatis plus dal and a vegetable sabzi. So this is what 300 grams of carbs would look like. And now suppose we were eating out. What would 250 to 300 grams carbs look like then? It would be something like one cheeseburger with small fries, then another meal of a single serve pizza, two regular colas, one serving of dessert, and then two slices of bread with cappuccino. Now that I've been on a food style that addresses insulin resistance, I'm very careful about the carbs that I have. So while adding these foods to my calorie tracker, you know, whatever I just mentioned right now, I realized that this is a lot of food, especially for urban people who are only slightly or moderately active. The standard American diet is abbreviated as SAD, SAD. That's what it is, SAD, because it has influenced the whole globe. And today we have an epidemic of diabetes and obesity on our hands. The dietary guidelines for Americans state that the minimum amount of carbohydrates needed for an adult is 130 grams. And yet, for years, they've advocated 300 grams in their public policies. And that's what the whole globe has been eating. Today, with more and more information coming out about insulin resistance and hormonal imbalances, we know that people can live healthy and very active lives with as less as 20 grams of carbs. But like I said, that is a discussion for another day. Isn't this interesting? 
that we can live with about 130 to 150 grams of carbs and even go as low as 20 grams of carbs. And yet, what we've been asked to have all our lives is about 250 to 300 grams of carbs. A person who is extremely active and athletic may be able to eat more than 200 grams of carbs a day and not develop any problems. But for those who are like me and have hormonal issues, I would strongly recommend that you reel in the carbs. And if you have diabetes or a thyroid problem, then do this under the guidance of a doctor or a nutritionist. We've just spoken about what the current guidelines recommend in terms of carb intake and how that's actually way too much, especially for the kind of lifestyle we have today. So am I saying don't have rice or don't have chapatis? No, based on your metabolic health and with a little bit of thought and mindful eating, you can figure out how much of carbs your body can tolerate. So if you absolutely must have rice, then work it into your carb allowance. What is the amount of carbohydrates that you can handle and still be healthy? Is it a cup of rice? Is it quarter cup of rice? Or is it just two tablespoons of rice? That's something you need to arrive at along with a professional who's guiding you. And then look at having the kind of rice that's not super polished and white. The red rice or the brown rice still has some fiber on it and hence that is a better option. The same when we talk about chapatis or rotis. You need to know first what your tolerance level is. And also, do you have a problem with gluten? Gluten is a kind of protein seen in wheat and barley. So that means even beer is a problem for those who have gluten intolerance. Gluten is found in bread, pastries, many snacks. If you aren't gluten intolerant, then you can have whole wheat chapatis. But figure out what is the amount that your body can tolerate without having weight issues or without the sugar going up or the inflammation increasing. There's a lady from North India that I know and she was telling me the other day that if she eats chapatis, she doesn't lose weight. In fact, she feels bloated. And this is a person who's been eating chapatis all her life. And then she noticed that when she stays away from chapatis and eats rice instead, she's able to lose a little weight and she doesn't feel as bloated. So you see what I mean? Each of our bodies is different and the kinds of food that our bodies can tolerate and the amount to which our bodies can tolerate it is different from person to person. For people who have diabetes or are morbid obese, the restrictions on starchy carbs are much more stringent and they may need to stay away from them for a while until they get the hormonal issues corrected and even then they may not be able to indulge in these foods regularly. Actually it's fine because after a while you really don't miss it. I hope that you've stopped holding your breath because many people go very silent when I start talking to them about reducing starchy carbs. It's like, where's the pleasure in our meals if I can't have that rice and if I can't have that chapati? What's the point of kadai paneer or chicken tikka masala without the naan? Well, my friend, it's all in the conditioning. When we do it for a few weeks, we get used to it. We start planning our meals more intelligently. 
And before I forget, do you know that all our lentils or dals have carbohydrates in them? When compared, per gram, dals have just as much carbohydrate content as rice. How about that? So even if we stop eating rice or rotis, but we still continue to have lentils, we are still having a good amount of carbohydrate. The good thing with lentils is that they also have fiber and a good amount of protein. So we just spoke about whether or not it's okay to have starchy carbs like rice and chapatis. Now let's look at what are the really good carbs, the kind that our bodies naturally want and crave. Vegetables. All veggies are a good source of carbs. Some have more carbs and some have less. Now remember when we spoke about our great, 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 great grandfather, the hunter-gatherer? Apart from the game that he hunted or the fish that he caught in the river, that's what he would have feasted on and taken back to his family or to his tribe, the leaves and vegetables that he knew could be eaten. Our body, especially the liver, loves vegetables, especially the slightly bitter ones. Green leafy vegetables like spinach and in India we have so many varieties of greens. Then the cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage. These are the kinds of foods that our body really wants. They have fiber, they have minerals, vitamins and our body depends on this kind of nourishment. Fiber helps us to feel full after a meal. Fiber also keeps the intestinal bacteria healthy. And this is important because there's a very important nerve connection between the gut and the brain called the gut-brain nerve axis. And if the gut bacteria is healthy, then our brain remains healthy. If the gut bacteria is not healthy, then this can gradually lead to brain disorders and nerve degeneration. What's more, some vegetables like broccoli and spinach are also rich in protein. Now a word of caution. If you feel bloated or have diarrhea after eating leafy vegetables, then that's a sign that your body can't tolerate them. In such cases, you need to look at other vegetable sources like green beans or squash-like vegetables, pumpkin, bottle gourd, zucchini, things like that. Another source of carbohydrate is fruit. Berries of all kinds are lesser in sugar content than other fruits. If there's no insulin resistance, then you can be more liberal in the choices of fruits that you have. But if there is insulin resistance or other hormonal issues, then until you clear that, stick to the berries and that too in measured quantities. From 2019 till this year, that's April 2022, I didn't have any fruit except for the occasional blueberries. And even that, I would count four or five and have it. Now that I'm no longer diabetic, I've been having a little mango, even jackfruit, and my sugar is still within the normal limits. Did you know that avocado and olives also fall in the category of fruit? And they're extremely healthy as they not only have small amount of carbs, but they also have good fat. Another source of healthy carbs are nuts, almonds, walnuts, pecan, macadamia, hazelnut. If you aren't diabetic, you can have cashews as well. And then we have yogurt, especially Greek yogurt. Again, a very good source of carbohydrate and protein. 
so you see it's not just the rice chapatis and bread that give us carbohydrate but we have a whole array of foods to choose from to meet the carb needs of our body and today with youtube we have all kinds of recipes available to us on both instagram and on youtube i have also posted easy low carb recipes and you can check them out you guessed it it's the wellberry so why do we need carbohydrates carbohydrates are a good source of energy for our body and carbohydrates are also required because some of it is converted to amino acids in our body amino acids are the building blocks of protein and some amount of the carbohydrates which is in excess is also used to produce cholesterol now let's not get very paranoid about the word cholesterol cholesterol is actually needed for our body cholesterol is required for our cell membranes for our nerves it's also a protective layer around our body carbohydrate is also important to maintain the fluid balance in our body it's also important to maintain the electrolyte balance of our body and like i said the main thing with carbohydrates is that it gives our body glucose and this glucose is what our body needs for energy but then today we are eating carbohydrates way in excess our body does not require that amount of glucose and what's happening is that this glucose is going and getting stored more and more as fat and this fat is also going and clogging our arteries it's going and forming fat deposit around the liver and it's causing inflammation in the body so i am not vilifying carbohydrates over here carbohydrates are needed but the kind of carbohydrates that we eat that is what is important and that's what i'm trying to point out so we've just spoken about carbohydrates and what kind of carbohydrates our body needs i know that today's is a slightly longer episode but i wanted to make sure that you get the relevant information we will talk more about the macronutrients in the next few episodes as well if you find this talk helpful then please do share it with others you may just be helping someone in the process so that's all for today until next time this is nirmala signing out and remember that wellness begins with your plate